You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Today, I want to talk about the practice of letting Scripture speak to us. Now, I'm not just talking about reading the Bible. I'm talking about letting the Scripture, letting the Bible speak to us, which is different than just reading the Bible to get through it and check that off of your list. It's about reading the Scriptures with a heart that is open and, and willing and attuned to what God is saying through the Scriptures. And when we, when we do this, when, when we let the Scripture speak to us, we find things that we couldn't see before. In fact, I would say that we don't know what we're missing without the lens of Scripture in our life. Now, I, remember, I remember when I got glasses for the first time. It was incredible. When, when I put those lenses on, I could see things that I never saw before, right? Do you remember that? It's like the details, the cracks in the, in the sidewalk, the leaves on the trees, you know, the words and the, and the numbers that were on the chalkboard when I was in class. I was about 15 years old when, when I got my glasses for the first time because I went to take my eye exam for my driver's license, and I failed miserably. You see, when I was in school, I, I, I learned how to squint when you'd go for those routine eye exams every year in school, I would stand in line waiting for my term to read the numbers or the, the letters and the point in the direction that they were going, and I would just memorize the lines because I didn't want to get glasses. But I couldn't, I couldn't fool that machine that you looked in and could try to read the road signs. So, so that's when, when I got my glasses, and, I, and, and to see on the chalkboard, there were numbers and letters there. I, my grades went up as a result of that, believe it, and chalkboard. For those of you that are in school right now, let me explain to you what a chalkboard is. Because you have smart boards. I guess chalkboards are dumb boards, you know, and and they were this, it was a great invention. It was this flat piece of slate, either black or green, that was across the front of the room. And and, And a teacher or a student sometimes would go up and they would take this piece of chalk and they would scratch the, the slate with the piece of chalk, and it would leave chalk on the slate. I think it was invented right after the wheel. <laughs> and it worked. It worked for the most part, right? I mean, and they never went down. They never, they didn't need batteries. They were, they were usable at any time. So, you know, it wasn't all that bad. But but so I put these glasses on and I could see things that I could never see before. A whole new world was opened up to me when I put my corrective lenses on. Mostly because I got my driver's license and then I had a whole new world open up to me. But around that same time, I got my first pair of lenses to help me not just see with my eyes, but to see with my heart, to see with my soul. It was at that time that I was invited by a friend to go to church, and, and, and I heard the message of Christ preached plainly and clearly as a young adult or an adolescent growing into adulthood. I'd gone to church as a kid and went to Sunday school and sat in church services, but I was either too bored or just not tuned in to what was being taught, and I didn't really get it at that time. But quit going in junior high years, and then I went as a, as a 15-year-old, I think I was in ninth grade at the time, 
And I heard the gospel preached two Sundays in a row, and I went forward that second Sunday, and I knelt, and I prayed, and I asked Christ into my heart. Something happened that I never expected. I did not think that this could really happen. But I changed in a moment. Something inside of me, there was a switch that was flipped. And, and, and when I went home that day, that evening, I found this little Bible in a cedar box that was in my sister's room. She had gone off to college, and I, I took over her room because my brother and I shared a room at that time. And I thought, here's this little Bible. I didn't have a Bible. I pulled it out. I, I rubbed the dust off of it. I think it had a font the size of a font five. I mean, I could, but then again, I didn't need my, my close reading glasses at that time. So, and I just opened that up, and I, I, I don't know what happened, but something grabbed my attention as I began to read, and I couldn't put it down. And every night, I would, I would get in there, and I would turn the light on, and I would read. My mother would come in at midnight and say, what are you doing? You should get to bed. You go to school tomorrow. I'm just reading. I'm just reading. This morning, what I'd like to do is encourage you, if you're not doing it, or maybe if you've gotten out of the practice of doing it, to let the Scripture speak to you. And so what I want to do today is just shower you with Scriptures. And so I'm going to ask you to sit back. Please, just tune out all the other voices And as I speak to you and talk about what Scripture means to me, I want you to let the Scripture speak to you. Some people say, well, God never speaks to me. But God has already spoken to you, and it's in God's Word. God has spoken to us plainly and clearly, and when you read the Word with an open heart and a hungry mind, God will use the Scripture by the Holy Spirit to enliven it and speak to you, and I guarantee you it can change your life. And so the best way to hear the Holy Spirit's voice isn't just to sit there and put our finger up in the air and say, oh God, speak to me. It's get into God's Word, and I guarantee you, God will speak to you. This is the greatest story ever told, and what I found when I started to read this is that somehow I saw myself in this story. Somehow I saw myself in, in the things that were happening with the people of the book, the different experiences that they were going through, the trials, the struggles, the, 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 the amazing things that God did back then. I was realizing, God, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. God, I believe it. So I want to talk about five ways that Scripture can benefit your life and how it's benefited my life. And, and the first one is this. Scripture will build your faith. Romans 10, 17 says it this way. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I thought what it says earlier in that passage, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? For it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see, the Word of God is good news. And the Lord knows we have enough bad news around, right? And we need to counter the bad news with God's good news. And that's what the Scripture does. It builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of Christ. What's the Word of Christ? It's the Gospel. The Gospel's good news. It tells me that God loved the world so much He gave His Son, as we've said. 
It's that, it's that life-altering aha moment that I realized that somebody bigger than me, bigger than my dad, bigger than my brother, bigger than my peers, bigger than everybody else that I was trying to impress with my life, that somebody bigger than me knows me better than all of those people combined even knew me and better than I knew myself, that that God who was far bigger than me and knew everything about me loved me more than all of those people combined. And he loved me unconditionally. The one who knew me best loved me the most. And I guarantee you, that changed me from the inside out. That's gospel. That's good news. That's the aha moment that hit me so hard. And so in my Bible, I find that all of my yesterdays are forgiven. I find that when I read my scriptures that I now have meaning and purpose in my life because God is a calling on me and he is a calling on you and he is a calling on every one of us and that we can make the world a better place as we follow God's word and begin to live that out. Today's have purpose and you know what? I see that tomorrow's are in his hands and I can live with peace knowing those things today. So what is faith? Faith, if your faith is bolstered by reading God's word, faith is having hope but not just a blind hope. It's having hope with confidence. It's not just wishful thinking. It says in Hebrews, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. It's the confidence that the one who's bigger than me can do more than I could ever ask or imagine. And so I, I read scriptures and, and I realize as I read scriptures that I'm powerless to make myself better. I'm powerless to be to be good enough, to uh, earn my, my forgiveness. I, I can't do it, but I read that God can and God did. And so what I learn as I read Scripture is I can't, but God can, so what I need to do is let Him do it. Let Christ live in me. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And now the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself and died for me. That's what Scripture says, Galatians 2.20. And so my faith is bolstered when I let the Scripture speak to me. And when I'm discouraged, when I'm discouraged, I let the Scripture speak to me. I, I feel like... Well, when this church got started was one of the most discouraging times in my life. And I won't tell you the whole story, but just to say that it wasn't going the way we had expected. I left a fantastic church in State College where we were loved and had a great ministry and enjoyed everybody up there. And it was a beautiful setting and a surrounding. We came to Penn Hills and we started with a couple dozen people. And it went nowhere fast. A year later, we grew by one person over that year. Went from 30 to 31 people in one year. And I'm thinking, what on earth did I do? <laughs> I was discouraged. What a huge mistake. Why would I do such a thing as this? And you know what? It was only the scriptures that got me through those times. And I would read things like Galatians 6.1 that says, He who began a good work is going to bring it on to completion. And I guarantee you that got me through another few weeks of discouragement and depression. And then an older lady in the church, 
Elizabeth Thompson, one of the, one of the, she's no longer with us, one of the saints that were there and committed to making this church get started. She came to me one day and she said, Pastor Bill, I know that you're discouraged, but the scripture says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't despise the day of small things. Don't, you know, enjoy what we have in the moment. And that, that got me through for a few more weeks. And then I'd read things like, like Matthew 6. It says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Put God first in my life. And all these other things will be happening as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough worry of its own. So scriptures like that would bolster my faith and it would keep me going. How many of you need your faith bolstered this morning? How many of you could use some encouragement from God's word because you're going through some discouraging times. Let the scripture speak to you. Let them help you and minister to you. And when I began to believe that I was a failure, I would read one of the passages that stuck out to me. And every time I read this passage, it takes me back to that place when I was reading it, when I was most discouraged. And I was reading about the people of faith in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and how Abraham and, and all these people did these great things. And then there's this passage right in the middle of that chapter, Hebrews 11. It says, all of these people were living by faith when they died. And they didn't receive the things that were promised. They only saw them from a distance. And you're thinking, well, that's discouraging. Because, because they didn't even make it to the promised land. But they're recorded in this chapter that talks about great people of faith. And then there's this verse, verse 16. It says, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. I'd rather make God happy and be a failure in this world than succeed in this world and be a disappointment to God. I thought, God, I might not be able to make this church go. This church may not make it because I need to realize it's not mine to begin with, it's yours, but God, I just want to be faithful to you. So when I take time to let the scripture speak, my faith is bolstered. What else does Scripture do to benefit me? Well, there's a passage here in 2 Timothy 3, Paul writing to Timothy, one of Paul's last letters that we have here. Paul writing to Timothy, he's kind of passing the baton of leading the church off to Timothy. And he talks to Timothy, he says, Timothy, I know that from infancy you knew the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good book. You see, Scripture gives me wisdom. Scripture gives me wisdom. I wouldn't know that I needed Jesus if somebody wasn't sent to preach God's Word to me, and if it wasn't God's Word that he was preaching. I wouldn't know that I needed somebody to forgive me. I didn't, need, I didn't know how much God loved me and cared for me that he would become one of us and suffer and die an unjust death so that we who are unjust could be forgiven. I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed a Savior until I read Scripture. And so reading Scripture gave me wisdom to understand what I really needed. And to be honest with you, we all see the world through different filters. You saw that picture at the beginning of the different lenses, and if you ever got glasses, you put that on at the, at the eye doctor's ho uh, office, and they let you see and say, is this better? Is this better? Is this better? Is this better? And you make a decision as to see which lens can help you see clearly. But you see, in the world, we're all looking at the world through different lenses that people give us. 
You were born, your parents gave you certain lenses. You grew up in a home, you saw the world in reality through the lens of your parents. Parents, if you don't know that by now, you better realize how important it is that you give your kids good lenses to see the world through. We see the world through our family. We see the world through our our friends' eyes as we get into that junior high and high school age. Now it's no longer our parents' lenses that we want to see the world through. We want to see it through our peers' eyes. We want to see it through their eyes. And then we we, we also see it through the eyes of our, our education, whatever education we have growing up. We see it through that. We see it through pop culture. Pop culture is a lens that is given to us to see the world, for good or for worse. So we all see the world through different lenses, but there's one lens that helps you see most clearly what the world is, who you are, and what God's plan is, and that's the Scriptures. They make you wise. Scripture helps me filter out the things that these other lens have given me that are destructive, that are hurtful, that are deceitful, that are hateful. And through the lens of scriptures, I'm able to filter out the things in the other lenses that I have that I know are not for helpful for me. The scriptures are given to help correct us. It, notice it says they're useful for teaching, for rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. Now, how many of you know that sometimes correction doesn't, doesn't feel good? It hurts. It stings. And sometimes reading God's Word, it points out in me where things are not right, where I know that I have caused harm, or I know that I'm not living right. And it hurts to read that. But I guarantee you that discipline is good for me, as all discipline from a loving parent is good for you. So it helps correct me. In fact, the Scripture says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. So you want to get wisdom, you want to grow wise, read scriptures. In fact, if you really want to get specific about this, read the wisdom literature of scripture. You read Psalms, you read Proverbs, you read Ecclesiastes, you read Lamentations, you read the book of Job, you read those books in the Old Testament, and I guarantee you, you're going to be smarter than your friends. You're going to be smarter than others because these, this is where we learn very practical knowledge of how we live. And I remember reading that as a teenager and I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to help me so much. Because I realize as I read these scriptures that, that bad things happen to good people for no apparent reason. But God is God and God is in control as I read through the book of Job. I, I read that that, that when everything else is falling around you, when the whole world seems to be falling apart, that faith comes in the morning, that God is there in the midst of all of that. As I read Lamentations, I wonder, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of all of this? And I read in Ecclesiastes that these are the questions that they're asking in Scripture. And I realized that vanity, vanity, all the things, all the stuff of this world that all my friends think are so important are so fleeting. They're so temporary that popularity and stuff and good looks and all of that, it's not going to last because, because Ecclesiastes teaches me all of that. But, but, but to do good, to love God, to be right with God and others, that is what's going to be important in my life. And so my whole value system is rewired as I read Scripture, and it gives me this wisdom that I never had before. Not only does, does, it, does it 
keep my faith bolstered. Not only does it give me wisdom, but it keeps me rooted. Psalm 1, I love this psalm. In fact, it is the preamble to all the other scriptures, all the other psalms. Blessed is the person, the man or woman, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. What's he like? He's like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit and in its season, and its leaf doesn't wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Don't you want to prosper? Really? Don't you want to prosper? Yeah, of course you do. When we, now, when we think prosper, we think a bigger bank account. I'm thinking prosper living a, living a bigger life. I'm talking about living a better life. And in, in this theme passage, this is really the passage that we used as a church early on when we were just a, uh, maybe 40, 50 people. I got a group of people aside, the leaders of the church. We talked about, well, what is Riverside about? What's our motto? What's our purpose? What's our mission? And back then it was simply this, growing together in Christ. Growing together in Christ. That was our motto. And we used Psalm 1 as our theme verse. And then... How ironic. We were in Penn Hills at that time. We were Penn Hills Assembly of God at that time. This building opened up in Oakmont, this old Presbyterian church building that was called what? Riverside Presbyterian Church. We ended up being able to purchase that building and move down there. We were already using this passage, like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Then we buy a building, it's called Riverside. Hey, is that a God thing or not? So we thought this must be right. So we changed our name to Riverside Community Church at that time. And, and, and this is our theme verse as a church, because we want to be a church that is like this. A church that doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. A church that puts Scripture foremost. A scripture that uh, a church that 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 puts puts scripture foremost. We want to be a church that 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 is biblical in our thinking and our in our behavior. And if we do that, then God will prosper. And you know what? God has prospered us. To God be all the glory for that. For why do we have roots? Why why do trees have roots? What do roots do? Well, that's where they get the nourishment. Sure, they get it from the sun. And they get it from the roots, but the roots keep them strong. When the winds blow and the waters rise, it's the roots that keep them grounded. Jesus used a different metaphor in the Sermon on the Mount when he said that if you hear these words and put them into practice, it's like building your house on a rock. So we're like a tree that has deep roots. We're like a house built on the rock so that when the winds and the waves of life come, they don't destroy you. And these roots keep the tree fruitful. They keep it productive. And so when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know how to, how to get a, uh, my heartfelt feelings across to God, I let Scripture do the work for me as I read the Psalms and I read the prayers and the songs, the cries, the poetry of these people from so long ago, it becomes, poetry speaks deeper to you than just, just a regular story, does it not? 
Music gets deeper to you than just somebody telling you the words. And that's what poetry, that's what psalms is. It's song, it's poetry, and it sings deep in you. And, and, and I find I'm not alone in my gratitude and my praise and my doubts and my hurts and my yearnings for God. And I read things like Psalm 42, as the deer longs for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God, for the living God. And something inside me resonates with that. And I realize that, that, that everyone is thirsty, and I am thirsty for God, and I cannot find that thirst quenched in anything other than God. Popularity, money, fame, sex, drugs, whatever it is, that's not going to fill that yearning inside of me. It's only God that can do that. And Scripture teaches me that. So when I let the Scripture speak, I'm more rooted. I gain wisdom. My faith is bolstered. Two more things real quickly. One is this. <clears throat> scripture helps me battle the enemy. Scripture helps me to battle the enemy. And, and you might say, well, who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Is it, you know, who? No, the enemy is, is whatever it is that comes against you to steal, kill, and destroy you. It's whatever it is that comes against you to tear you down and pull you away from the you that God created you to be. And so the Scripture says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, against, against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to take your stand and take your ground. Stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish with the flaming arrows of, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and what? The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. <clears throat> when temptation comes, the Word of God defeats the enemy. Hey, if Jesus used it when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness, who are we to think that we don't need it? <clears throat> Jesus is tempted. He says, it is written, man doesn't live by bread alone. He's tempted again, and he says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He's tempted again, and what does he say? It is written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. <clears throat> Each time he was tempted by Satan, it was the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, that helped him to stand strong against that. And so when I am seeing, when I am sensing that the powers that be, which feed division and corruption and hatred and brokenness are gaining ground, I remember that, that in the world, I, I remember that greater is the one that's in me than the one that's in the world. And so I let Scripture speak, and it, help, it helps me to defeat the enemy. It keeps me more rooted. It, I gain wisdom. My faith is bolstered. And then one other thing, it just guides my steps every day. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And when I, when I am unsure of the choices in front of me, I read Scriptures like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. I read passages like Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
because anyone who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he rewards those who diligently come to him. I read things like Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be able, careful to do everything written in it. Then it says you will be prosperous and successful. Scripture speaks. God speaks. You say, well, I don't hear God speak. Well, it's time to get back into Scripture. And it's time to read it, not just to get through it, as I said, but to let it get through you. Because you see a lot of us, well, I've got to do my duty, got to read the Scripture, got to read my devotional, check that off my list. You know, good, that's better than not reading it at all. But I'm, not, I'm talking about reading it in a way that before you even open up, you say, God, let your Scripture speak to me today as I read this. God, what is it that you want me to hear from you today? So are you stumbling in the dark? Are, are, you, are you struggling to find direction, confidence in the choices you make? Have you been winning that battle for your soul, that tug of war that's inside of you? Have you been winning that battle against temptation? Are you like a tree that's planted by the water? Have you been rooted deeply in something that's, that's going to keep you strong whenever the day of trouble comes? Are you gleaning from the wisdom of the creator of the universe? Or are you just getting the wisdom of pop culture, your peers, your family? Do you have more faith and hope because you're looking into God's Word together? So what I ask you to do, here's the takeaway from this morning. In fact, I want you to close your eyes because I, I, I just think sometimes that we're not distracted. Here's, here's the takeaway this morning. What I'd like you to do is daily turn off the outside noise maybe before you ever get up in the morning and start to turn on the television or look at what's the latest thing on your Facebook postings and updates, dust off your Bible, open up your Bible app, and just read and listen as you read. You say, I don't know where to begin. Well, find a reading plan. YouVersion app has tons of them. But you know what? You don't even need to do that. Just, if you've never done it before, open up your scripture and start with the Gospel of John in the Christian scriptures in the New Testament. Start to read. Turn to Psalms or Proverbs and just begin to read. I guarantee you, the Spirit can speak to you. Don't just read it to get through it. Read it to get it through you. Read it with listening ears, slowly, meditatively. You're not in a race. You're not competing against somebody else. Don't make it a legalistic thing. Just read it because you're hungry. You don't eat breakfast because the law says you're supposed to eat breakfast. You don't eat lunch because the law says you're supposed to eat lunch. You don't eat dinner because... The law says you eat it because you're hungry for it. 
It's natural to you. And our souls naturally hunger for God. And we find God through Scripture. So if your soul is hungry, find the nourishment you need in God's Word. And as you read it and God speaks to you, then take note of that. Take that thought throughout your day. Remember that. And I guarantee you, if you do those things, your life is going to be richer, stronger, wiser, more hopeful, and purposeful if you do. So God, I just want to pray for all of us, myself included this morning. Let us not let these words fall on deaf ears today. I pray for open hearts and willing minds to turn to your word. I pray for your spirit to encourage us and comfort us, to correct us and heal us and deliver us. I pray for humility and hunger for us to hear from you, your spirit, as you illuminate scripture to our hearts. God, we want to be people of the word today. And so I just ask you to encourage by your Holy Spirit, all of us. And I'm asking you right now, as you sit there with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you, will you decide to let scripture be a part of your daily diet? Will you decide to do that? And right now is a time of decision. Will you decide, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back into your word, or God, I'm going to get into your word for the first time, or if you already are into God's word, read it with listening hearts and ears. It never gets old. Will you read? Will you make that something that's a part of your daily diet? Read it slowly, deliberately, read it with an open heart. As we conclude this morning, we are going to partake of the Lord's Supper together, and here's how we're going to do that. In each of the four corners of this room are tables with the elements, the bread and the cup. And as I tell you, and music plays behind you, want you to get up from where you are and go and grab those elements and come back to your seat and hold on to those elements and Ricky's going to come and as we hold the elements he's just going to read the scriptures pertinent to that and as you hold those elements and listen to those scriptures my challenge to you is let the scripture speak to you so let's stand together Lord as we prepare to receive your elements, God. We want to prepare our hearts, and we do that by examining ourselves. And God, as we prepare to take in these, the bread and the, and the juice, God, we realize that it's symbolic of us taking you in. God, let you, the word, the living word, speak to us through these elements today, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.